Boom. I'm going to allow this. You have to. I'm not going to leave the meeting. I could leave the meeting. I have options. <laughs> you could. You could, but it would be a dick move. <laughs> like, well, That's our guest old was bait and uh, switch. Sean McKenzie this week, you guys, but the podcast is three seconds long. <laughs> it's just him going, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Click. Oh, thanks. We just soundbite that to everything else. That'd be good. <laughs> hell yeah hey what is up everybody welcome to the hypothetical comedy podcast i am funky sam medina and i'm athena rodriguez and we're here with comedian sean mckenzie what's up sean what up friends how y'all doing oh, yeah. thanks for not leaving <laughs> anytime <laughs> you would have been you the can first. always count on the bare minimum for me <laughs> well i'm sure we can i'm That'd sure we can cool comedy special name thanks for not leaving hey thanks for not leaving <laughs> that is solid that would be actually a good comedy special <laughs> <laughs> hey Sean, uh the first thing I want to talk about is uh uh we with Finn and I talked about this a couple of days ago. Uh years ago, 2011, we were running a show in San Mateo, uh Tops Comedy Showcase at a burger spot in uh, in San Mateo. And we had booked you on a show and then you you <laughs> forgot or something happened and you didn't show up to the thing, which you know, whatever, it happened. <laughs> and we were like where are you? And you're like, oh shit, I forgot. I'm so sorry. And so we ended up booking you on the next show. And on that show, uh, on your bicycle and on, on Caltrain or whatever it was, uh, you brought cupcakes to the show. Do you remember that? I do indeed. And yes, I still do feel bad 12 years later <laughs> missing that show. No, don't worry. The cupcakes more than made up for it. Oh yeah. Um, made with love. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah, they were made with guilt. Uh I guess I wanted I wanted to hear your side of the, the of that. Um taking the cupcakes, you know, making them and bringing them to uh all the way all the way to San Mateo. I remember those. I'm pretty sure I made my own uh strawberry cream cheese frosting for Oh yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. It wasn't just like a can, you like made the frosting for it. Yep, yep. And yeah. oh, and then here another good fun pang of guilt. Uh, our our good, uh, unfortunately dear departed friend Gor- Corey Gibson was on the second show, yeah. uh, and she had just come out of the hospital uh, for complications related to diabetes, and I was said, <laughs> "Oh my God, Corey, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you're doing better. Do you want a cupcake?" <laughs> i am the dumbest person in the world <laughs> so, no you're not you're not so even in make in my making up for guilt cupcakes i managed to accumulate new guilt <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god i love Corey. i miss Corey. she's so awesome I'm, she was the greatest I miss she her was too. she was the best uh don't feel bad though i mean homemade uh frosting it definitely makes up for it hell yeah hell yeah mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, I think I think I think I can tell her story. She told me uh that uh she said this is this is nothing. I used to work at a restaurant uh, as a server for years and it was the kind of restaurant where they're bringing in new dishes and all the servers got to come around and try the new dishes so they can tell customers about them. And every time she had to remind everyone that she was diabetic uh whenever they're t- testing the new dishes and then she was leaving the job and they were throwing a little farewell party. And they brought out ice cream cake. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow! And, and Corey like... rules so hard because she she said uh, she said that she said, uh, you know what? This is great. This is an excellent opportunity for me to tell you all how I feel about you. 
and just tore into their asses. <laughs> wow, I never knew that. I'm glad I you told that story. Oh my gosh. She was the best. She was the best. Any Thank other any know. other Corey stories, feel free. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. She uh she was recording our sets like before people were really recording sets yeah. and like putting them on DVDs and stuff. I remember that she oh, shit. My... Yeah, she DVDs? Well, maybe Lord. maybe a CD. I don't know what it was. It was on a disc. She I remember she came to my work uh when I was working at CVS and she brought me a couple of discs that were uh mine and Athena's set from some show that we did with her. Man, sometimes 12 years ago seems like a long time ago. And when you talk about putting videos on this, <laughs> that sure makes it feel like a long time ago. It really does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was she was still ahead of her time, you know? Yeah, she was. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I just, at my high school, uh, not my high school, the high school near where I'm living, uh, a little while ago drove past and they had a dress like the 2000s day. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> we oh. are not young no more, guys. We are not, oh, we are not young. Uh, all I know is that a couple years ago, the 90s fashion came back in a trend, and then I was cool again for a little while. <laughs> yeah. You see kids wearing like Nirvana t-shirts now, and you realize that's classic rock, doc. <laughs> like, they don't even know that's what Led Zeppelin Nirvana for is. Them. They don't know what it is these days. Oh my gosh. And then I feel like uh, my dad used to always make fun of when I tried to wear like vintage stuff from the seventies and stuff. (laughs) And I didn't realize why he was making fun of me at the time, but that now my daughters are starting to do vintage nineties clothes, right? And you make fun of them? I make fun of them, but not because they're wearing (laughs) nineties clothes, but because a lot of them are like uh, vintage 70s clothes that people wore in the 90s. <laughs> what? Like, um, it's a little off. <laughs> That's for you know bell bottoms like you guys used to wear in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't wear bell bottoms. We wore pants that were wide the whole way up and down. Oh my! Just yes. a bit too long and would soak up rainwater. <laughs> tree trunks. Yeah, they that actually that actually describes my uh, teen years <laughs> to a T. Yep. Oh yeah. And I used to cuff them up at the bottom. Hell yeah! That was good times. Was a big old chain wallet. I'm guessing. Yeah. In fact, I just <laughs> I just dug this chain wallet out uh, oh, a few yeah. months ago because I went through some stuff in the garage. And I've, I've used it once or twice. Hell yeah, dude. It's a corn wallet, too. No, one, no one's going to get that wallet more than three or four feet from you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, There's hey, been times where, like, I thought I put it in my pocket and I dropped it on the floor. So I think the chain will come in handy. Then I'll just drag it with me. You know? I'll just drag just, it. Just like... pull it, pull it back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My friend, my friend back in the day had this really big wallet chain, and he would come over to our house and he would take his wallet out of his pants and just drop it on the floor. And my mom would be like, "Is that your anchor?" <laughs> that's, that's a real mom shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Sean, how's how's life been for you, man? We haven't talked to you in a while. That's all right, you know, working on the brain. Uh, That's always found, good. Found, found a therapist that doesn't make things worse, which is great. Awesome. <laughs> Actually yeah. makes things better. She's really, I'm very excited to to be working with her. Excellent, man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot, a lot to work on. <laughs> nice. Feels like, uh, have you seen, you, you guys Simpsons fans? Absolutely. We actually uh, binge watching The Simpsons. We were yeah. on season 11, I think. Nice. Right. So you remember 
uh, when Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and they say that he actually has so many maladies that they n- can't affect him. Like they have yes. like, yeah. <laughs> puppets or They're little kind of like dolls are trying to shove through the door simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sort of feels like that with my therapist. We got we got a lot to we got a lot to work on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good though. That's good. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Just trying to get back out there, do some comedy and stuff, and have a good Hell time, yeah. and, and do this, do this podcast, and have some of our friends on, and mm-hmm. yeah, have fun with it. Glad I'm glad to be talking with you guys on here. It's a delight. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, and uh, you know, if I get distracted by the movie, that's okay. <laughs> like, oh, look at that part. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Is this audio? Yeah, I've got, audio? I've got a fifth element going in my Zoom background uh, for the listeners, and uh, it is it was a, a vital part of the pandemic for me was masking my room from people with movies. So this is <laughs> this is fun to it's fun to be back in quarantine vibes. Hell yeah! Uh, I was gonna say it's just an audio podcast, so if I could be like, "Oh, that's such a cool scene," people would be all pissed off. <laughs> like I well, can't see we, it. What's happening? If we inspire just one person to rewatch Fifth Element for the first time in a long time, I think we've done good work. I'd be like, "Oh, oh man, yeah. three boobs." <laughs> or is that total recall? <laughs> that's total recall. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad uh, that you're yeah, because there are boobs in this. Yeah, uh, but there's there's the opposite. There's Mila Jovovich's t- uh, little itabitititties. <laughs> just two of them. But I, I I understand why I would itch the same part of the young Sam and Dina <laughs> all titties in the movie brain. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, let's watch Total Recall instead. No, I'm just <laughs> I think I might have that. I might have that. He's like, please fast forward it to that part. Uh, just pause <laughs> it when you get there. That's the zoom 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 uh, ba- background video uh, does not not allow for pa- fast forwarding and pausing. I'm afraid. <laughs> Dang man, we gotta get better zoom quality. No, I'm Dude, just I've always been uh, amused by like what people have in their backgrounds, and sometimes they have like regular like it's their background, but you don't know the angle that they're at. And I think one time we had a friend who uh, we thought this whole time their back door or a door behind them was like a closet, but it was actually the exit of the room. <laughs> we're oh, like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, one time he literally stood up and he went through the door and I was like, dude, did you go in the closet? <laughs> you got you got Narnia in there? Right? Yeah. <laughs> what is in there, man? Yeah, Zoom is fun. Zoom is fun. All the cool backgrounds and stuff. We had this one friend who we were doing a show with and he had this really cool bar background, and I thought it was a like a picture, but it was his actual bar in his house, which was super neat. Nice, hell yeah, nice. Got a got got a love an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I the can coolest, The coolest comedy uh, friend house I've ever been to. He doesn't live there. Uh, oh, I do have Total Recall. It's gonna. I don't. I don't think it gets to the titties in the first hour though. So I'm gonna stick with the following. That's all right. Yeah, we don't want to be uh, for three hours. So he he doesn't live there anymore. He's he's all grown up. It uh, has a has a, a lady and a kiddo. Uh, but Chris Storin, when oh, he was uh, when he was still Peter Panning uh, in his younger days, we went to a a few of us did a show together, and uh, he's getting dropped off at his place first. And uh, he was like weirdly insistent that we all come into his house for a minute. Uh, and we're like we're we're going home what do you talk like come on man it's the end of the night we already did it uh he was like <laughs> super insistent and then we go in and at the time i guess he'd been living with his boss who owned a dispensary and his boss turned the entire house 
into an arcade. Oh, wow. Every room was full of classic arcade machines. Like, there was a giant, like, full, like, whole room horse racing one. He had an icy machine. Uh, There was an entire wall of just shelves of cereals. It was just, like, the ultimate stoner paradise. It was the (laughs) absolute greatest. Oh, wow. (laughs) Dang, that's crazy. That is so Shout funny. out Chris Dorn. Yeah, can you give, can you give me that address? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, bro, I know you from somewhere. Just let's. Yeah, I know someone that used to live here a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, can I just come in? <laughs> sound like a creepy person. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you. I heard you got the Simpsons arcade machine, and you don't need. Oh, I love there. that one. I love the Simpsons. I I would like to be Marge and hit people with the vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah. The problem is that was a, it was a, it was a quarter eater. Like that one just it sucked up quarters. So when you got the free play, now you're living. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I love that you played Marge. I feel like that's a psychological insight. I loved it. Like as soon as he said that, I was like, oh. Hit people with the vacuum. <laughs> no, she carried on a vacuum cleaner. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Marge had to be the least played of the. I think the, she was the, the four Simpsons characters. <laughs> oh, cat butt. Oh, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> the things you're distracted by. <laughs> <Please change. laughs> All right. So, Sean, uh, were you? Uh, you were born and raised in the Bay Area. Where are you from? Um, I yes, yeah. For the most part, I spent some time a little south down in Hollister, where I'm living now. Uh, but I'm I'm from uh, San Jose, uh, born 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 and largely raised there. And I will absolutely fight anybody that says that San Jose is not the Bay Area. Oh, I know it definitely Same. is. It's on. It's on the water. It's on yeah. the bay. Like it's the textbook definition of the Bay. Like it's it's right there. Also, we're we're bigger than any of you other motherfuckers. Just because we're more boring doesn't mean we're not a real thing. <laughs> no, it's South Bay, though. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I live in Tracy now. so It's not the Bay Area, but I still kind of pretend like it is. Oh, nice. Yeah. We still claim the Bay we still, Area. Yeah, absolutely. Still claim oh, yeah. Bay Area comic. Hold when us people, down. When people go, hey, are you from Tracy? I go, no, I'm from San Jose. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't say Tracy. <laughs> You are is uh, Tracy is outrageously hot these days? Are you yeah, like dude, it's been like one hundred and four and one hundred and eight all week. Barbaric, ain't oh, no way to live. Terrible. And Vicious. then and then we have to put the AC on to survive. And then it's like you know six hundred buck uh, yeah. PG&E bill. Yeah, and it's, just, it's just yeah, it's just a circle of uh, life, I guess. We're gonna stay cool, but uh, not yeah. eat. Yeah. We're <laughs> You gotta like make a make a tiny room out of cardboard around your AC unit. Like, <laughs> <you> <laughs> no, it's not just... even a unit. It's central AC. It's the whole house. Oh damn, that's it's actually better than a unit, but less <laughs> less hoboable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's more. It's better than a unit, but it's more expensive. But yeah. that's like the standard around here because of the heat. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it gets like I think the hottest has been here is like 118. Yeah, it's so bad for comedy, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I did uh, shows this week, uh, one in Sacramento and the rest in San Francisco. And I love Sacramento, but the audience was just like clearly so tired because they oh like God. there's AC now, but they've been in like 110 degree heat all goddamn day. <laughs> yeah. Like hands yeah. on chins, just like getting through it. Like, <laughs> I did this so I did a show in Sacramento last weekend, and basically the same thing. Everybody was just tired. That was hot in the place. They tried, you know, they had like an AC unit. They tried to make it cooler, but it was pretty hard to do. It's brutal. 
It I tell I tell a story on stage, and I can do it here. It's a podcast, goddammit. it. It counts. <laughs> okay. I was uh, I did a show in Sacramento uh, where the AC wasn't working, <gasps> and uh, it was so bad. People's makeup were getting blurry and shit. Like people were sweating. Oh wow! And like the show was not going good. Uh, but I foolishly was like, "I'm gonna turn it around. I got yeah. this," you know, <laughs> like. And it was so bad, man. It was so bad. Like, like nobody laughed at the first joke. And I was like, that wasn't good. And then uh, the second joke, like it was somehow an even quieter response, <laughs> like, like quieter than silence. <laughs> but then I tried, there was like one dude that like was having a good time sitting right in the front. And he was seriously, he was wearing overalls with no shirt underneath. <laughs> Wow. Just like an awesome fucking hick. And uh, I said, hey, man, what's your name? And he said, they call me Wiener. And nobody (laughs) laughed at that. They call me Wiener got nothing. Somebody got to laugh, I guess, huh? (laughs) No, no, he didn't. Nobody laughed at they call me Wiener. It got silence. Right? Like, they call me Wiener as a crowd work gift from the gods. (laughs) I would have laughed so fucking hard. I would have, too. I laughed right now when you said it. (laughs) It was was incredible. Uh, And so then I was like, all right, well, and then I tried, I went into, like, my best joke at the time. Uh, like maybe this will work and it got nothing again and then uh and then wiener said uh too many big words man <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so brutal <laughs> it's so brutal wow that sounds like a fun show <laughs> it's so bad um i do i do want to tell you before you know kind of off topic again um i've always thought that you were funny sean but then i saw you for the first time in a few years at woodham's and i think this was 2019 Mm. and at that time i like you were like a thousand times funnier like you were like so incredibly funny like your set was just like amazing like i was just like in awe of how funny your set was that night oh shit thank you so much man hell yeah i appreciate that yeah came home telling her about it like sean mckenzie oh my god (laughs) good times times. it's the most fun thing in the world Hey, so um, <laughs> speaking of stand up and, and being funny and stuff, how did you discover stand up and kind of fall in love with it? Uh, I always liked stand up as a fan. Uh, like, one of my, like, my, when I was uh, a youth, my mom uh, knew that I was a fan and got me tickets. Check out this tour. Uh, it was a Comedy Central tour back in the day. It was at the Warfield. They actually got a poster up at the Sacramento Punchline from this tour. It was uh, Lewis Black. Mitch Hedberg and Dave Attell wow. on one fucking bill. It oh was crazy. What year is uh, this? Like high school? Uh, God, I was 19, so let's not do the math. It okay. was okay. I have a <laughs> I was, have an idea it, of what year that was. It was it was this millennium, but just barely. Uh <laughs> and uh man, like Lewis Black actually had a tough time. It was a bummer because like They'd been like touring the Midwest. He does political humor. And so he's just getting like heckled by rednecks the whole tour. And so he's like, Oh, I'm in San Francisco. Thank God I can just relax and tell some jokes. And then he got heckled by rednecks in San Francisco. <laughs> and, and it was at the Warfield. So they didn't have like comedy security. So they just, uh, just went like they didn't kick him out. Um, 
that Mitch Hedberg and David Tell were like my face hurt. It was they were so good. Wow. But so I'd always been a fan, but I just I didn't know that you they're just were stand-ups. I didn't know you could like become a stand-up. Uh and then I was hanging out with uh some friends having some drinks at the Britannia Arms in downtown San Jose. Okay. And open okay. mic. And an open mic just started and our brains were like, it exploded. This was like, you could just do this. Like we were so hyped. Wow. Me and my buddy Kenny were talking all night. And my other friend was like, I would love it if we could talk about anything else. It has been three hours (laughs) (laughs) for what you're going to do when you start doing stand up. Uh, Did uh, did Kenny ever do stand up? He did, he did, and he's a hilarious dude, but he's a uh a conversation and writing hilarious dude. Stand up mm, didn't yeah. stand up did not uh work for him. He might I mean I if he's one of those guys where if he, he uh kept with it, he would have gotten super funny because he is very funny. Uh but it was uh it was also tough because uh we went with a third friend and uh my buddy Andrew, Andrew Schwartz, check out his books, very talented writer. Uh, but it was the class, we did the classic setup of, uh, of the comedy trap where you have a really good first set and then you bomb after that. Oh, so it's yeah. like, you know, gets its hooks in you and then beats you down as stand up should do. Uh, but so the first night, like Andrew and I had good sets and then Kenny didn't. And I think that was, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to recover from. You know what I mean? But yeah, but, but what he didn't see was us then go on to suck terribly. (laughs) (laughs) He he absolutely would have gotten there. Kenny's hilarious. So how did you go from, uh, talking about it at the bar to actually being on stage? Um, (laughs) uh, I I had no luck getting on at the Britannia Arms. Uh, Atu was a terrible communicator <laughs> over <laughs> over over Facebook message. Uh, I hold I I nurse my grudges, even though I love Atu. I love I I nurse he grudges against him. friends as well as enemies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I ended up going up to the uh, the brainwash uh, up in San oh, Francisco, nice. which is a classic first place. Everybody loves saying like. I did my first time at a laundromat, which makes it sound like they were talking to like disinterested <laughs> people doing their laundry. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was actually a great room. It was a cafe attached to a laundromat, like, and oh. a lot, like, a lot of the times it was awesome. Like, it was, and my first time was absolutely great. Like, you know, drove up with buddies, uh, and like I didn't realize I had been kind of working on these jokes in the background of my brain for a long time. Uh, so I went up and did great, although they were hacky jokes, you know, pretty hacky stuff. I stopped doing them pretty quickly. Uh, and then Tony Sparks, who now are buds, but he's <laughs> he can he could, especially at the time, definitely be a bitter old man comic. And <laughs> so my very first time and he knew it was my first time. I got laughs, which I was not expecting. And then I get off stage and he goes real nice, real formulaic. You got to teach me how to do that. I could have a career. <laughs> and so I was so butthurt. Uh, and then the next times I didn't drive. I'm one of the few weirdos uh, in San Jose that wasn't driving. So going back up to the brainwash, I had to take Caltrain. And so now I'm going up at the very end of the night when all the great audience is gone. 
and I'm trying to be like, I'm going to show Atu, uh, not Atu, I'm going to show Tony, I'm going to do my darkest, edgiest stuff. And so now I'm like bombing at the end of the night trying to do edgy fucking Doug Stanhope shit, which is was way beyond my abilities. So it was... <laughs> It was great. Yeah, did uh, had a good first set and then bombed for a year or two. <laughs> nice. That that feels that feels about right. That's how I feel. Uh, I I got into comedy. My first like... set was good, and then every set after, I'm like, what happened? What did yeah. I don't know what changed? What did I do? Yeah. Different. I feel like it took me a long time to not bomb. Even my first time, I bombed. <laughs> but you know, it happens. I'm yep. still trying not to these days too. It, t- it took me a long. Oh, they they they'll still come up and get you. Yeah, uh, but and it took me a long time to get over the dark edginess, which, as you guys know, is just wildly not my own stage <laughs> character. Uh, but I did the first time I was doing just five minute open mic sets, and I was starting to feel good about some of my jokes. And then a, a friend booked me to do fifteen minutes up in the city, and I had never done more than five minutes. And so I just put 15 minutes together of all this edgy darkness. Oh, no. It was so bleak. Matt Gubser, glorious vegan Jesus, Matt Gubser, vegan shredded Jesus, I should point out. (laughs) Uh, Vegan people can be six foot a lot and ripped, uh, was on the show with me. And he said, for 15 minutes, you did not let a single ray of light into the room. It was dark. <laughs> well, you know, at least you filled your time because sometimes you know, because, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a newer comic, yeah. sometimes I appreciate to fill your that. Time. <laughs> Absolutely, that is one of my skills. I can absolutely stand there and take a bombing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, man. If I'm bombing super hard, I'm like, I, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that Sacramento show uh, with Wiener. Uh, <laughs> with I, Wiener, our friend. I knew oh, where the the sound booth where the person that was going to be giving the li- give me the light from was, and so I was just looking at her, desperate for the fucking light. <laughs> and you know when it's not going well, time slows down. But like, like, but still, I'm like, I feel like it has to have been time. And it turns out the light wasn't coming from the side from the sound booth. I didn't know it was coming from straight ahead, so I didn't see the light until she started giving me the get the hell off the oh, stage yeah. flashing light. And I went up, I went up to the club owner and I apologized. Like, I'm so sorry. I never run the light normally. I'm so sorry for running the light. And she said, yeah, I would have thought you wanted to get, would have wanted to get off stage. (laughs) (laughs) It was so brutal. But I'm going to go till the light tells me to get off, man. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Um, So, dude, I've never been to the brainwash. I just saw a picture of it. And I didn't even know it was a laundromat until like a few months ago. Oh dang! <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And the name Wash is in there. I should have known this whole time. Yeah. I've never been. Have you been? I haven't, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, I knew about it because people would say, "Oh, we go to Amnesia, then we go to Brainwash, mm-hmm. and this and that." Yeah, good times. <laughs> all all of the places that no longer exist in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first started doing comedy, those were like the places in, in uh, mm-hmm. SF because they were like yeah. the same night, right next to each other or something. And Purple Onion. I did Purple Onion one time. That was that was a cool mm-hmm. place. Uh, the first time I met Tony Sparks actually was at Purple Onion, and it was like 2011. And he said that I had a good look. That somebody's gonna come up to me one day for my look. And I was <laughs> like, I'm still waiting, Tony, but okay. Tell <laughs> <laughs> show business, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it though. You know, he's super awesome. 
Yeah. So, uh, so you started off in San Francisco, and then uh, what was it like? I mean, I, I was I was in San Jose. It just took me a minute. I had to get over my buttheartedness at Atu for just doing just nothing. Like, <laughs> but the, just the slightest thing, I I was able to hold on to. And I want to be clear, I wasn't like mad at him. I just get so insecure. Like, <laughs> so I was certain that I guess I'm just not wanted around here. Uh, oh. So I was mostly doing open mics in San Jose. Uh, and then San Francisco is just so brutal because, like, uh, there's, you know, you couldn't go up every night in San Jose at the time. So I would go up to yeah. San Francisco. But I was taking Caltrain. So it takes forever to get up there. And then I get at the end of the list. So I'm waiting forever. And then taking the even slower train home, which takes every stop on the way back. So it'd be like... Waiting and traveling would be like seven hours to do like five minutes and eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when it was we were some doing dues paying business. When we were doing tops, the show in San Mateo, we were also taking Caltrain there. And nice, the nice. show's getting out pretty late, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And then sometimes I think we'd get a ride back to Caltrain or whatever. And then um we'd be we would get off Caltrain. And we'd be waiting for the 22 uh, across the street from the arena, like on Santa Clara Street, at like 2.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And we're just like... For the, oh. for the people that don't know, the 22 is a a classic San Jose VTA bus. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the longest uh, 24-hour route. It is, it's, the, it's, a, it's a motel for a lot of folks. People mm-hmm. do take the late night naps there. Some people are just drunk and crazy as shit on there. The 22 is a classic VTA route. Yeah. It's never a, never a dull moment on that bus. Even during the day, <laughs> it's never a dull moment on that bus. Uh, we were just at the bus stop hoping that nobody killed us, you know? And, yeah, basically. <laughs> here we are. Oh God. And you guys, you were so professional. You brought like a whole backdrop too. So you're like carrying around. No, actually, <laughs> no, actually the, the restaurant owner provided that. And that stayed oh, at the restaurant. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they were such sweetie owners now that I remember. Yeah, yeah. There was some good and some bad. Um, I feel like they didn't promote it very much, very well. Um, uh-huh. so that kind of contributed to the show kind of fizzling out a little bit. And then within within a few months of the show, he sold the restaurant. <laughs> and so that's kind of what ended yeah. it. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> right? I, I wanted to be like, well, can I have the banner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could do top somewhere else. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't become our brand, though. Definitely glad. Yes. Be brand named after somebody's <laughs> burger joint. Somebody's former restaurant. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So um, you did move to New York uh, before the pandemic, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> How was that for you? Uh, it turns out that you got to treat depression at some point. <laughs> you can't just not treat your depression. Uh, and so I was, I had been doing pretty rough on the mental health pr- front before I moved out there. And, uh, then I got there and people were like, Hey, just a heads up. Comedians tend to get pretty depressed their first year when they move out here. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh no, I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> so it did the old spiral down to the ground. <laughs> so why do comedians get depressed in, um, when they, when they go out there? Is it just because of the grind? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it's a lot of things like, you know, it's, you don't, you, you got kind of your little support network. You got all your buddies, you know what I mean? Back where you're from, you're starting all over. Like it's, uh, you're probably, uh, it's, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't, I, you know, I really don't know. Uh, cause 
it's the city rules it's awesome uh like that's the thing like it's it's I, I was I always made fun of people before I got there and they'd be like, oh, the energy, the energy in New York. You can just feel the energy. And I was like, shit, you fucking nerds. But then I got there and I'm like, this energy is incredible out here. This feels amazing. Uh, but uh, it's it, it could be bleak. And I just did the dumbest. Like, I think I was, I was just self-sabotaging. Like, I had built up... Uh, some momentum in the Bay area that I could have taken out there. I could have gotten booked on some shows. And then if I had done well, gotten booked on more shows and then, you know, kind of hit the ground running. And instead I managed to convince myself that the best thing to do would be to put all my material on the shelf, not get booked on shows, just hit open mics and start from the bottom up there all over again. I did it in the Bay. I could do it there. It made no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Especially because those people don't know your, your material. Yeah. Like you, you're already starting from the, the relative bottom up there. Like, like you're next to fucking David tell, like there is, you don't <laughs> know, need to right? do open mics to start at the bottom. Like it has made no sense. Uh, and so then people saw me for their first time, like at open mics doing brand new material with my confidence all shook. I was just like concave, just like shoulders forward, <laughs> chest in. Like, <laughs> you guys ever get depressed? <laughs> <laughs> I am right now, you guys. It's like you went into like a like a gunfight, and you're like, I'm gonna leave my ammo at home. Yeah, it's, I'm, 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 I'll prove that I'm a really good gunfighter by just throwing bullets by hand. <laughs> <laughs> that way, that way, if I can, because if, if I can throw bullets by hand, I bring a gun back in, I'll be really good. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's crazy. How long were you, were you in New York? Uh, maybe two years, maybe okay. like that. Did you move in 2019? Uh, 18, it is wild. I don't think that I could prove that I lived my life. Like, <laughs> I have no idea when anything happened. <laughs> like, Maybe you're um, trying to block it out. <laughs> well, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is, were you there when the pandemic hit, or were you? Oh there? yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. What was what was that like? It was very upsetting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet it was. Like, and then you're already depressed as it was. Yeah, I mean, just uh, you hear her ambulance ambulances. Ambulances. Oh my! How do you say this word? Ambulances. I've I've lost the plot. <laughs> You'd hear sirens oh, going okay. all day and night. I just stressing about my elderly neighbors and stuff, oh. and just like seeing like that they're digging mass graves on Rikers Island and shit. Like it was just it was wow, terrifying, man. Like and seeing you know people in the rest of the country just like pretending like you know like. This is all the Jews making this up, man. This isn't real. And then it's like, it feels pretty real out here, dude. I tell you what. Uh, it was so bizarre. And then just that, like, that disconnect before people knew what it was, when everyone was just like washing their hands for a hell of a long time. And... Singing happy birthday. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that yeah. is so, like, creepy. <laughs> the like, the saddest, most birthday. stressed out happy birthday. All crying and choking back <laughs> tears and shit. <laughs> Motherfuckers <laughs> like using hand sanitizer on all their groceries and shit, rubbing yeah, down the washing the bags off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. Like even scared to just go to the grocery store. Yeah. Man, that was crazy. Uh were you were you uh doing any comedy uh comedy at all? Like did you transition to Zoom and stuff? I did do some Zoom shows. I did do some Zoom shows. 
What was that uh, like for you? Uh, just absolutely brutal. Just the worst. <laughs> really, really made you appreciate all the hell gigs you had done before Zoom comedy, man. Like two-person crowds, like <laughs> get nervous about how much eye contact to make with each of the two people in the crowd. I was <laughs> pining for those days. <laughs> yeah. No. And then even like every once in a while you do a good show. Like uh, I remember uh, Ron Vi with like brand with I think Drew uh, Ron Vi and Drew Harmon uh, would do this show with uh, punchline uh, branding. So they were able to like get quite a few people and then they would bully them into uh just setting their everyone's mics at 33 percent so oh, i like, remember people were doing that hear some laughs and stuff and it kind of felt like a little bit of a crowd like mm-hmm. you kind of kept that old like hey all right a little bit of like the old stand-up good feeling uh, and then the show would end and you would close the zoom and you'd be in your room alone <laughs> <laughs> you know i was thinking because you can set your mic uh level but i was thinking like they should do a thing where uh only the spotlight person has a higher mic and then everybody else kind of has yeah. a lower mic. Yeah, that's basically what they did on the show. So mm-hmm. it would sound like a real crowd. If, if people cooperated that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were real good. Drew Drew Harmon was on the case with the quick uh, eject from the room. He was he was very good at that. Oh, you're uh, too loud. Get out. I'm such an insecure person. And I also, I've always struggled with second person as like a speech. Like whenever somebody tells me a hypothetical, like a story and they're saying you. So just right now I said, I'm too loud. Wait, what do you, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like my mic settings have been the same the whole time. <laughs> oh, you're too, the audience is too loud. Yeah. Yeah. You're too loud. Get the fuck out of the Zoom. <laughs> like it's the end of the podcast. I got to go. I can turn oh. the volume down. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. I did not mean to trigger you. <laughs> my bad. So while you're in New York, I guess before the pandemic, uh, like what are some of your highlights uh, from yeah. that time? Oh, they're all low lights. <laughs> <laughs> they're very dim. <laughs> yeah, even even some of them are like highlights. Like I, uh, I, I knew a guy that started working at uh, one of the clubs out there, so I kind of got my foot in the door, uh, and so I started waiting around there, and then uh, uh, just the awesomest like New York reason to get up, like you know, you just wait around and you hope somebody doesn't make it. That's how you get in at the clubs oh, the first time. And so Roy Wood Jr. was late. So I got to go up, which was like, that feels cool as hell that I'm taking Roy Wood Jr.'s spot. And then I go up and I had a great set. And uh, the one of the managers was there and he like shook my hand and was like, hey, please keep coming back. We'd love to have you some more. Uh, and then uh, another one of the managers who's friends with that man was like got embroiled in this online controversy being like an alt-right douchebag. And like, like, like all these other comics were like, we got to stop going to this club. And it's like, I finally got my foot in the door. And these, these dudes are like... And then the guy that like was one of the hosts, uh, uh, he's... Uh, got this awful fucking podcast and he's like like he's a host of what's basically like the sunday night punchline there which is like where you go to try to get your foot in the door and start working the club and so he's there every every whatever the day of the week is where you're trying to get your foot in the door and uh he's on this awful podcast where I'm not even going to say her name because we don't want to start this fucking controversy all over again. Uh, but a, a very talented, successful comic friend of mine, she goes on their podcast and because she just said yes to everything. 
and finds out that it's like some like super edgy shock jock you fucking gay retards except for the saying the f slur and stuff and she just kind of goes like oh i'm sorry this isn't for me uh my bad and then just politely excuses herself and leaves and the show became obsessed with her like it became a running joke to rape her with a railroad spike and an odd a fan of theirs literally sent a railroad spike into the show like she's getting all these horrible threats and stuff and it's like oh cool this is the club that i have an in at (laughs) like oh shit it was just awful. <laughs> oh gosh! Wow! Wow! Yeah, I got I got a I got another low light that's less awful and depressing, but is a a more amusing low light. I was uh, I managed to get on a show uh, where the booker uh, for comedy on Colbert is producing this show, so it's like this is a real fucking opportunity for me here. But I'd been real kind of buggy and weird and anxious. Uh, and so I go and sit down, start talking to her. And she's nervous because this is her first time producing a live show in a long time. And she's worried no one's going to show up. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, everybody feels that way their first show. But people show up at the last minute. It's going to be great. And even if there's not a ton of people, it's going to be a good show and it's going to build. It's going to be no problem. Uh, that's what I know to say now. But at the time, I just went, yeah, producing shows is hard. And then fell silent. (laughs) (laughs) And we both started looking at our phones. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy that you had such a hard time in New York. Because I remember that that time at Woodham's. It was 2019. And I was like, man, Sean went to New York as like a good comic. But he came back as like a headliner. You know, and I thought that you were out there just like just living it up and just like destroying everybody's asses. Uh, Thank you. No, but it's it's actually I kind of made sort of some strides actually just shortly before I left. Like I was just really hitting hitting my stride and got and it's also like uh, that night I was probably feeling just good being back in the Bay Area. Yeah. And there is yeah, just the comfort a level. one-to-one relationship between confidence and doing well. <laughs> like, like if <laughs> I feel good, I'm going to get some laughs. And if not, I'm going to blurt out producing shows is hard and fall silent. <laughs> Do you, th- this is a weird thing, but do you think your uh, insecurity and depression helps you with comedy? Um, I, I think, I think I, I can't remember whether this is an original thought. I heard somebody else say it, but I, I, I agree either with them or myself. Uh, it's, <laughs> I think that a lot of people feel like you have to be fucked up to be creatively uh, fruitful. Yeah. And I don't think that's true, but I do think it helps a lot to have been fucked up. <laughs> like, to have experienced like if, you, if you've experienced some mental craziness it can be helpful but there are people that feel like they got to hold on to their crazy and that is simply not the case let it go let it go it's not helping more yeah. will come more yeah, crazy yeah. Will come. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> make room for the new crazy i do i know that a lot of your material is kind of about about the crazy and depression and stuff like that yeah, yeah, so, the anxiety, the ADDs. Yeah, it's really, it's really good, you know. Like uh, your old, the old school joke about the about the squid. Oh my god, that one's my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that you. one is my favorite. I love it. I, yeah, I haven't done that one in a long time. I lo- that, that was a fun one. That was actually the one that Wiener said too many big words at. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's like no big words in that joke. There is. I say. Uh, I, I, uh, let me see if I could. Uh, let me see if I can do the joke for your audience. See if I can remember it. Uh, oh yeah, I say that uh, when I become nervous enough, I become gassy. Uh, which, uh, like, what the hell? Like, from an evolutionary perspective, those are the big words there. From uh, an evolutionary perspective, why would gassiness be my fight or flight response? Is that like a like a squid releasing ink to escape a predator? <laughs> Like some meathead dude goes, hey, nerd, and I just go, and I run away. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That was just, it's just a fun one. I really enjoyed uh, working on that joke because I'm just at like open mics taking myself really seriously. Like, all right, I tried that fart noise. Now let's try like a longer, wetter fart noise and see if that's a better punchline. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that the fart noise is like the punchline. <laughs> like, can you write your punchline on this piece of paper? P P H H H. Yeah, like like we watched Kill Tony. You know, like the depression and the messed up part. And like, if somebody is not funny, Tony will immediately go, "Hey, are your parents still together?" I thought so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's uh tony hinchcliffe is very convinced that like if your parents are still married then you're not funny <laughs> i made it i made it just under the gun my parents divorced but when i was like 20 so <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> so i i made i made it in a technicality you know like it didn't <laughs> fuck me up about my childhood but i still it counts damn it it's like a uh, comedian bingo you know you gotta oh it is like get comedian all the bingo. squares <laughs> for blackout <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what was uh what was your journey home for you back to California? What was that like? Um it was good. Like I just like said I got to I got to just fix the brain, man. I just got to put in some work on the old noggin and uh moved moved back uh out to Hollister, California, uh which is not country like my fake accent just was there, but really desperately wants to believe. There's a lot of a lot of kids with giant belt buckles and cowboy boots out here and uh, just got some friends and some family out here and just doing my little Wednesday night trivia with my dad and some buddies and just uh, just trying trying to treat my brain good. And, and I'm getting back out there doing more stand up. Just had a really fun week doing stand up. And uh, it's 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 medicine. It's the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there is there much comedy in Hollister? Uh, very little, uh, very little. And uh I <laughs> my first set uh first bar show coming back uh from quarantine uh was here in Hollister and uh I I had just done a weekend at Sacramento Punchline and it went awesome so I was feeling way overconfident uh and uh went up after a comic who doesn't always do the best which is me being both nice and mean at the same time uh, <laughs> uh and they were doing new material uh and really just shouting a lot of vulgarities and i love vulgarity but you know not the vul when the vulgarity itself is the punchline so it totally lost the crowd but I was an idiot and forgot how bar shows worked, which is crazy because I started in San Jose. Like bar <laughs> shows are my home. I like I know that shit and forgot that you got to like reset the room and uh, just went up and just like 
just casually like did mine these jokes are so good it's just gonna pull people in and just casually started telling these jokes and everybody was talking before i got up and kept talking and i'm up there just like like i started panicking and they could feel the fear <laughs> it's like it just got worse and worse and then i i since quit smoking weed but the time i'm still smoking weed and so after my set, I walked off, uh, walked outside, smoked a J, and then came back in and was talking to one of the other comedians on the show. And I realized that, like, normally when you have a bomb, you just leave town. Who gives a shit? Like, you know, <laughs> or you live in, in a big city. It's like, I'm not going to see these people again, uh, except for I'm in a little ass town. I'm going to see every single one of these people again at the grocery store, at the post office. <laughs> just, panicked and ran the hell out of there so <laughs> i've since had a decent set in hollister so it's i avenged my demons a little bit that's good that's good yeah there's little to no comedy here in tracy as well but we have stockton which is about 20 minutes away and uh, nice. all the major markets are about an hour away san jose oakland san francisco sacramento nice yeah oh beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little further than that but i i'm I've got the the real bad ADD, so I I didn't drive until just like a year or two ago. So I'm not sick of it yet. So I'm just I listen to my podcasts, my audiobooks, and I drive up to say the year Santa Cruz or whatever. I'm yeah. loving it. That's cool, man. Hell yeah! I'm glad that you're uh, you're moving up in the world. <laughs> moving back to somewhere near where I was in the world. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you know, it, you're more comfortable here, and uh, you yeah. know, you feel like you're more like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like you're more like just you know just accomplishing more here just because of the comfortability you have. Yeah, the variables yeah. changed. Yeah, and also I'm not trying to make it no more. I'm just doing it for fun. You know, I'm yeah. I'm I'm just trying to just doing it. Which of course, now that I'm just doing it for fun, I'm doing better at having better sets than I ever did, and <laughs> would be more likely to make it. But it's it's I, I it's just the lifestyle. I, I need a day job. I always thought I didn't. I needed. Or to leave organization behind, but it turns out I desperately need structure in my life. Uh, so I'm always going to have a day job, but I'm all right with that. And it's great now too, because, because I'm not trying to make it like when I have friends that like succeed and like get big things, I get to be a hundred percent happy for them now <laughs> instead of 90% happy, 10%. Well, I wanted that thing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that is good and you know not trying to make it is like when uh somebody's like oh i didn't look for a girlfriend and then i met somebody you know like that's kind of like (laughs) that's kind of what happens when you don't when you're not looking for it it kind of finds you so i hope you make it but uh (laughs) (laughs) you know you definitely deserve it though because you're you're a hard worker and you're you're very funny yeah oh thank you man thank you yeah so what's life like now for you just traveling just to comedy shows and stuff and Doing fucking DoorDash, going to therapy, loving DoorDash. Oh my god, it's I get it's super brutal for like you know if you're trying to support a family off that shit. I can can't imagine how rough it must be because it's not not consistent and stuff. But but for me and my brain where I'm at, not having a boss, oh baby, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I am gonna struggle if I ever have to go back to having a boss. Like who the fuck are you telling me what to do bro oh the person that decides whether or not i get health care okay all right but it's still it's 
And then I used to work in restaurants uh, for most of my adult life. And so I always stressed with door dashers because it's like I know the longer I'm keeping them waiting to get the food, the less money an hour they're making, which is like all my anxiety triggers, like making like I'm not scared of serial killers or spiders or none of that shit. I'm scared of making people wait and fucking with people's money. Those things stress me out like nobody's business. So, so, but being on the other side of DoorDash, making somebody wait an extra two minutes for their food, they're going to get their food. It's all right. I'm not tripping. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so I'm just driving around, listening to my audio books, learning my histories, and then uh, doing stand up and playing, going to trivia nights with my dad and some buds. It's like life's pretty good. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. That's that's really awesome. Uh, what are what are some things that you would like to accomplish maybe in the next couple of years in comedy? Um, I would like uh, uh, just to just to uh, have more uh, write more just write more material. I'm happy with. I just love when getting new jokes that work. Ooh, it's the best feeling. Like it is. finding a new tag for an old joke. Yeah, like just and then you know you say up on stage and you just do it in a joke and then you just riff it a little bit and you find the angle. Like there was yeah. a joke that you always knew had potential and it gets there. Like I'm just, I'm just chasing that dragon. Like I just want that feeling as much as possible. Fuck yeah. That's, That's incredible. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. I think the last time we saw you uh, in person was um, we went to, we were at Branham lounge. So I hope we that I hope we like get to see you a little bit more often. I know that you said you're not like, you know, like going super hard into comedy again, but I, I do hope we get to see you a little bit more. I got I got to go to San Jose more often. I got to go to San Jose more often. I don't know. I'm so we, weirdly, yeah. weirdly avoidant. I got to go to the caravan. I fucking love the caravan. I like oh, I like the caravan too. The shit out of you. <laughs> I like the caravan too. My, my only problem with it is like it's on super late, and I work in the mornings. Um, yeah. The and then for some reason, all two likes to put me up, put me up like at one a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, Atu. You hear? You listen to Atu? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't right, know. I'll, 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 gro- I'll grouse about Atu. I'll grouse about Atu. You know what this motherfucker did to me? All right, so. He runs a, a, a open mic. It's a raffle at the San Jose Improv. Yes, like, I was there. I did that your, once. Yes, you put your name in to get picked. Yep. And uh, so I had I had I had thought of a new bit, and I was like, I got to hit some open mics to work out this new bit. And it was a Wednesday, so there's a bunch of mics in San Jose. So I was going to go up there, and I hit him up asking about the caravan. I think. And he said, oh, you should also come by the improv and do this mic. And I was like, oh, I'll definitely come by another time. But I just I really got to get on stage tonight. Like, I got to try this. I can't maybe get on stage. I can't do a raffle for stage time. Uh, And he messaged me. I don't remember the phrasing exactly, but it was basically like, no, you should really come. You never know what's going to happen with the raffle. You know what I mean? Like, very heavy on the wink, wink, like, (laughs) uh, and I was like, and I responded like, oh, I hear what you're saying. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll come through. And then I went through and I didn't get up. <laughs> you scandalous. <laughs> you tricked me, man. You tricked me. He still got it. <laughs> but you still got that two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love Good you, Achu. You make me mad. <laughs> but I, but I love the caravan, fun. man. I do too. I it do was too. really fun for those, to see other people. For the list. Comics. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was, was just that? saying sorry. it was fun to see all the other comics when we went there. To the improv. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good, it is a good hang. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Um, thank you so much yeah, for joining us, so- Sean. It's been a lot of fun. It's so lovely uh, talking to you guys and catching. Yeah, it's been great. You want to uh, you want to plug some social media before we get out of here? Absolutely not. This is the best part of doing stand up just for fun. Is fuck my social media. Don't follow me nowhere. <laughs> Don't follow Sean McKenzie. I'm going to spell his name wrong on the podcast. Yes. Perfect. That way they'll have <laughs> even more trouble following me. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Funky Sam Medina across the board, and I'm at She Shines for You. All spelled out, no numbers, and everything else at Hypothetical Comedy. Hell yeah, Sean! Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. This was a delight.